Well, good morning. We are glad that you can be here with us again today. Kiddos, I hope that uh, you're able to enjoy that story about Palm Sunday. It is Palm Sunday. Next Sunday is Easter, and we look forward to celebrating on that day with our church family again. Uh, I was telling Glenn, man, the thing that I miss the most out of a church service is, is not just preaching to you uh, face-to-face. It's actually miss hearing you sing and being able to be blessed by uh, the singing of God's people or we are mutually encouraging each other, one another, singing to one another psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So we miss that. Look forward to that. Until that day, uh, it's something that our hearts kind of grown for, right? Our hearts grown to be redeemed and grown to be able to be with a true lamb, the lamb of God, to be with him in person, praising him all our days. So as we long for that, we also long to be back together. Turn with me, if you would, to Colossians 3. We'll look at Colossians 3, verses 5 through 8. Colossians 3, 5 through 8. If you're joining us for the first time, uh, we've been going through the book of Colossians since the beginning of the year. We'll be in chapter 3, 5 through 8 today. As we've seen throughout the study, Jesus Christ is supreme. He is preeminent. He is Lord over all. Because of that, we ought to live in a certain way. If I believe Jesus is everything, he's supreme, then I ought to then live as if he is supreme and preeminent. So how are we to live? The last two weeks, we've seen that we're to do two things, right? We're to set our mind on things above. We're to seek the things above. We're to live and act as Jesus lived and acted. So today we're going to see two more commands. We're also going to be given the reasons for those commands. But let's look at what these are here in Colossians 3, verse 5 through 8. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. If you're a fan of outlines, I, I, I kind of have, we don't have a PowerPoint up here, um, but if you're a fan of outlines, I've kind of organized this in with three points. The commands, we'll look at both of those. The sins to avoid, there are two verses on those sins to avoid, five sins per, so ten sins total. And then the reasons for that com- those commands, and there are two reasons. First, let's look at the commands in this text. In chapter 1, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 5, we're looking at the commands. So kiddos, this is your ta- chance. Grab that bulletin, because we're going to fill out these two really quick. So the first one on these commands, I'm going to help you with this. The first one is to put to death. Put to death. That's the blank there, is the word death. Put to death. It says that in Colossians 3, verse number 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. The fir- this first imperative in this section is the command, right? Put to death. Specifically, we are to put to death what is earthly within us. What does it mean to put to death something? The verb translated put to death, it's only used two other times in all of the New Testament. It's used in Romans 4.19. It's used in Hebrews 11.12. And it's speaking of Abraham thinking that his body was dead. So he, he was alive, but he, he did not think he could produce an heir. He lived as though his, he considered his body dead. We know physically his body wasn't dead. We know physically his body was able to produce, and it did. But he was living with this mindset, it can't, and it won't. That same ide- ideology is what we're supposed to, how we're supposed to see our old man, to see the flesh. We're to consider it dead. Um, in this way, Paul says in Romans six eleven, we have to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive unto God. We are to put to death. All right, the second link. Again, kiddos, here is the second one. I know we're getting both of them out of the way right at the beginning. But the second one, you're not just supposed to put to death, 
We're also supposed to put away. That's the second blank. So for our kiddos working on their children's worship bulletin, the first one, put to death. The second one, put away. Put away. What are we to put away? Verse number eight, but now you must put them all away. We'll get into what that means by the them in a little bit. Some translations say put off, put away, lay aside, get rid of. But because we've been risen with Christ, we're supposed to, remember, think and act like he did. We're supposed to think in that way. So we cannot live in this habitual sin. We're to put it to death. We're to get rid of it. We're to throw it away. Growing up, I would hear of this text combined with the idea of changing clothes. And it's a good illustration. I don't know if you remember as a child, or maybe you're dealing that with your children <laughs> the last coming weeks, where your kids go out and they get so dirty, so filthy. You remember, you remember, maybe you remember grandma, grandpa, mom and dad when you were a child and you came in so filthy, dirty, and your mom looks at you and says, stop, right? Stop right there. Don't take another step. And they make you strip down, <laughs> take it all off, go hop in the bath, get clean, and put on new clothes. Do you remember those days? For some of your families, it might, it might be yesterday. It might have been today, for crying out loud. But you remember those days where you get rid of the old putrid clothes and put on something, get clean and put on clean clothes. This is that idea here. Get rid of that putrid, smell the old lifestyle and live in the righteousness of Christ, which he's already robed you in. Live as he's allowed you to live. So these are the commands, but Paul also gives us sins to avoid. So we have first the commands, put to death, put away, and then there are sins to avoid. There are sins to avoid. First, we're going to look at the physical in chapter 3, verse number 5, the physical sins. And, and I'm trying to choose that word carefully. I know we're trying to do this kind of like a family worship style. So mom and dad, I think we understand when you read verse, chapter 3, verse 5, you know what I'm talking about. But we're just using the word physical for this. To put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. As I mentioned, there are five sins listed here. There are five sins listed in verse number eight. And these sins deal with the corruption uh, and the corruption and the uh, degradation of the physical act reserved specifically for marriage. The first is immorality. Again, with little ears around, I want to be careful, but immorality is obviously a sin Christians are to avoid. But as we'll see, these other sins can lead to that. Right, they build up to that. The next is impurity. Impurity can be physical, but it can also be more than that. Remember in Matthew 5, 28, where Christ said, if man looks and lusts after another woman, it, it's as if he's committed adultery already. So impurity is not just physical. It can also be even in the thoughts and intents of our heart. Passion is simply uncontrolled lust. Next one's evil desire, which one author noted, which that just logically precedes lust. Covetousness is the last one. And this one needs a little bit of explanation here because some translations translate covetousness as greediness and it's actually a better way to see this word as greediness. It's more in line with, with what the original intent is here. It means to have a greedy desire for more. For more what? Well, what verse number five just talked about. In context, it's for more of what is physically forbidden. More immorality. More impurity. These sins combined, not just greediness or covetousness, these sins combined are idolatry, which he says at the end of verse number five. Well, what makes them idolatry? One pastor said, by following your desires, my desires, over God's. Right? So by me following my desire over God's, by you following your desire over God's desire, 
you are in essence worshiping yourself, which is idolatry. We're to put these sins to death. We're to throw them away. The next list of sins deals with the emotional. So we have the physical. This is emotional, specifically anger and, and how we use our words. It says in verse number eight, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. What sins are we to put away? We're to put away angry, anger. Christian, do you find yourself angry often? Has the small confines of your home, has, has it seen an increase in anger over the last few weeks? We're to get rid of it. We're to get rid of wrath, the violent outburst. We're supposed to get rid of malice and slander. And malice is to evil, damaging speech where uh, slander is a reproachful speech. And slander, the word for slander is actually the word blaspheme. Instead of reproaching God, now we're reproaching the, the things that Christ died for, the people that Christ died for. Obscene talk is exactly what it sounds like, talking like the world talks. The, the, wor- the words that our world will consider dirty words, using those. Obscene talk. Earlier, Ethan read Matthew 12, 34, which says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. My college president used to say often that the tongue, the tongue, is a dipstick to the heart. The tongue is a dipstick to the heart. And he'd say, if you, if you want to see what a Christian is, wait till you see them squeeze what comes out of their mouth. Because the tongue is a dipstick to the heart. And sure, we can deceive others with our words. That's certainly possible. But the principle remains, as Christ said, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now these two lists, those, the list of sins in verse number five, the five sins, the list of sins in verse number eight, the five sins, we would probably put verse number five as the category of worse sins. Those are worse. And verse number eight, Those aren't as bad. But Paul would disagree, and God would disagree. Because look at how he lines up the text. So let's walk through it. So if you look down at your Bible real quick, and look and see what it says. Look at verse number five. We're to put to death what is earthly in us. You see the word earthly in verse number five. Now watch how this connects all the way down to verse number eight. Because in verse six, we see that on account of these, what's the these, those earthly things, the wrath of God is coming. In verse number seven, it says, in these, it's going back to earthly, you too once walked. But we get to verse number eight, where we have another list of five sins. And he said, but now you must put them all away. He's still talking about these things that are earthly. Which he talked about in verse number five, which he's also continuing this list now in verse number eight. And by doing so, Paul is showing that it's not just the sins of verse five that are reproachful to God. All sin is reproachful to God. Why? He's holy. He's a holy God. Every sin highly offends him. He is holy. And we're to be holy because he is holy. One author said of these two lists, many Christians tend to concentrate on one list over the other. One knows of Christian communities that would be appalled at the slightest sexual irregularity, but which are nests of malicious intrigue, backbiting, gossip, and bad temper. And conversely, of others where people are so concerned to live in untroubled harmony with each other that they tolerate flagrant immorality, like we saw in 1 Corinthians 5 when we studied 1 Corinthians. The gospel, however, leaves no room for behavior of either sort. So we've seen the commands and the sins to avoid, but why are we to do this? Why are we to put to death? Why are we to get rid of these sins? And not just those sins, all sin. First, because... God hates sin. Look at verse number six. On account of these, 
the wrath of God is coming. God hates sin. He, he is holy. He must hate sin. And because he hates sin and sin is wrong, it must be punished. It has to be dealt with. And even though he hates sins and he must punish it, he sent his son to die for our sin. Christ took the wrath, Christian, so you do not have to. He took the punishment you deserve, that I deserve. So that way, not only can we be forgiven, we can also be spared the wrath of God. So you need to understand that the wrath of God is real. It's not metaphorical, it's real. And his wrath does not just fall on a few sins, but all. One author said of this, it is not that the case that God happens to dislike this sort of behavior, and so has decided, as it were, arbitrarily to punish it. Now I go, okay, I'll punish it. No, no, no. On the contrary, the writer said, the wrath of God is not a malicious or capricious anger, but it's the necessary reaction of true holiness, true justice, and true goodness to wickedness, exploitation of evil of every kind. God must act in this way. He has to punish sin because he is holy. And we see that he's holy and he does punish sin. And when Christ takes the pain, when he takes the wrath of God on the cross that makes God the Father just in punishing sin, but also the justifier, he can be both. Because even though his wrath is great and terrible, his grace is great. And he can forgive and spare. So since we've been risen with Christ and have been made complete in the sovereign preeminent Lord, we're to put to death, we're to get rid of these sins. For these are the very sins God saved us from. These are the very sins that caused the wrath of God to fall on his son. It will also fall on others that forsake his saving grace. So God hates sin. That's one reason to forsake these things. Another reason is because this is how unredeemed people live. Why do you put to death why do you get rid of? Because that's the old life. We're to be different. It reeks of our past lives when we live in this way. By going back to these sins, we are like Peter, as he said in 2 Peter 2, 22, like a dog returning to his own vomit, knowing we've been freed, knowing we've been redeemed. As we sang earlier in John 3, 16, for God's love, we've been salvaged by our great loving Lord, we find that even though he's saying that Christ is enough, he's enough, and he's like, he, he's not. I gotta have the same sin I once was enslaved to. Christian doing so, like the dog returning his, to his own vomit. So what does all this mean for us today? What can we apply to our lives? First, let me ask a question to our friends here that may not know Christ as Savior, and then there are four things I think we can consider as believers. First, friend, if you're listening and you don't know Christ, do you realize you're under God's wrath? I, I, I don't like to say that. I, I, I wish it weren't true, but it is. But there, please don't tune me out here because there's good news for you. Jesus bore that wrath, and if you accept Christ as your Savior, if you trust your life to him as Lord, he, he forgives us all our sins, and he takes away the wrath of God because he bore it for you. He takes the punishment, you and I, deserve. I encourage you, trust him. Trust Christ as Lord. You can do it. If we walk through often here, admit the fact that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. You call on him as Lord. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord 
will be saved. Friend, you can be saved today. If you have questions on that, email us, text us, ask us, how can I know this, Lord? It is a great truth to know you can be saved from the wrath of God and saved to the Savior himself. I encourage you to do that. If you're here and you call yourself Christian, if you receive Christ as Lord, let me point out four things I think you can take away. First, we need to realize, I need to realize, every sin I commit is highly offensive to God. He is holy. Christian, pray to God that he will help you, that he will help me to hate sin like he hates it. If, if you're at home and if you've ever wondered how you can pray for me, pray that for me. That I will hate sin like God hates it. I don't. I, I want to. There are days I feel like I do. But I wake up the next morning just like you and, right, and the battle starts again. Pray that, that tomorrow, pray that today with the, the time we have left, with the 13 hours we have left to say, pray that Pray, I will hate sin like God hates it. I will be holy like he is holy. Pray the same for yourself. Pray the same for your family. Pray the same for other church members. Lord, help us hate sin. Next, physical immoral sins. Christian, how, how are you doing? You know, perhaps it's not phys- actual physical immorality. Maybe it is. Perhaps it's not physical immorality, but maybe it's being impure in mind and passion or just this greedy desire for more. Like a dog returns to his vomit, we're going back to the things Christ has freed us from. Christian, turn. Turn and repent. Maybe your advice isn't physical, perhaps it's emotional. Will you repent and trust God to help you, to help your family not to be filled with anger and slanderous words or these these outbursts that can take place in small confinement when families together, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's easy to get on each other's nerves and to react wrong with our emotions. And perhaps you feel like maybe it's physical or emotional and you just feel like, Pastor, I can't get victory. I, I can't I feel like I can't do it. One writer rightly said, listen, you are able to fulfill this command. Christian, listen to this. You are able to fulfill these commands. To lay aside, right? To, 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 to put to death. Because you have the real power of the new creation to do so. Augustine, the writer continues, Augustine reflects this in his prayer. Give me the grace to do as you command. God, give me the grace to do as you command and command me to do your will. Give me the grace to do as you command and command me to do your will. Christian, God can give you victory if you have been raised with Christ. You have this ability. Maybe last week, the last month, last year has been disastrous. Turn. Turn back to Christ. Live in victory today. You have 13 hours today. Live in victory for him now. Last we read about the real wrath of God. Christian, you and I, we deserve God's wrath. We've been spared God's wrath, for which we should give praise, should we not? We've been spared the wrath of God. But do you believe his wrath is real? Do you believe his wrath is real? Do you believe that some of your friends, your coworkers, neighbors, and perhaps even family members will fall under the wrath of God if they die today because they don't know him as Lord? We should be pushed Because of God's wrath, we should be pushed to go tell the world, turn and trust in Christ. Go tell them of his wrath, it's real, but tell them of his grace that saves, of his mercy, God keeping us from what we deserve, his grace, God giving us what we do not deserve. Shouldn't this realization that God God will punish sin, 
And all those that do not know him will fall under his wrath. As we look to our Easter service next week, who can you encourage to tune in? Who can you invite? Who can you follow up with? Who can you be praying for? God's wrath is real, but so is his saving grace. Proclaim this good news. And as you proclaim it, make sure you're living this good news as well. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Help me to hate sin. Help our church family, Lord, to hate sin, whether it's physical or emotional or what other other category we could toss in there. Lord, any sin, help us to be holy as you are holy. Help us to be a witness, to tell people that they can be spared God's wrath because his grace and mercy are great. Lord, help our friends that may be listening that don't know you as Savior. May they realize the sweet goodness of God that allows them to turn to him and save them from their sin. In Jesus' name we pray.